Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. This episode is sponsored by Goalie Gummies, a perfect addition to your wellness routine. Are you looking for a delicious way to support your overall health? Goalie ACV gummies are made with vitamin B9 and B12 to help support healthy nutrient metabolism and immune function. I have partnered with Goalie to give all of my listeners 20% off and free shipping. Use my coupon code at checkout, the gratitude chick, all one word, to take advantage of this offer. Their website is www.goli.com. That is www.goli.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest Podcast for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest for TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to your reading corner with The Gratitude Chick. So as you guys remember, we are in uh, the book, The Science of Getting Rich. I believe today we are going to wrap up this book. That was fast, right? So um, we're on chapter 14. And as a reminder, I do read with my own commentary. If you are just now tuning into my podcast and this is your first episode, don't start here. Go back to chapter to episode one of this book so that you're not starting at chapter 14. Okay, so chapter 14 says the impression of increase. Whether you change your vocation or not, your actions for the present must be those pertaining to the business in which you are now engaged. You can get into the business you want by making constructive use of the business you are already established in by doing your daily work in a certain way. And insofar as your business consists in dealing with other men, whether personally or by letter, the key thought of all your efforts must be to convey to their minds the impression of increase. Increase is what all men and all women are seeking. It is the urge of the formless intelligence within them seeking fuller expression. The desire for increase is inherent in all nature. It is the fundamental impulse of the universe. All human activities are based on the desire for increase. People are seeking more food, more clothes, better shelter, more luxury, more beauty, more knowledge, more pleasure, increase in something more of life. So, and and we can tell that in today's world, especially as the the supply is lower for certain things and the demand grows, um, such as gas, uh, groceries are higher. You know, gas I just filled up in Atlanta Metro at four oh six a gallon. That is the highest gas I've paid in you know since I've lived here in Georgia. And a friend of mine sent me a picture when I was you know doing a rant, which I shouldn't be doing a rant, but I was doing a rant about the four oh six. And he sent me a picture and said, oh, but look at this $5.99 here in Chicago. 
and that's of course you know I'm from Chicago so I I you know promptly closed my mouth and and, and you know and gave thanks for my 406 a gallon because 599 in what world in what world am I paying 599 a gallon I would be on the CTA so every living thing is under this necessity for continuous advancement where increase of life ceases dissolution and death set in at once wow man instinctively knows this and hence he is forever seeking more okay that's one way to look at it the normal desire for increased wealth is not an evil or a reprehensible thing it is simply the desire for more abundant life it is aspiration and i agree while so many christians believe that they they forget that the bible says for the love of money is the root of all evil and it is not the money that is the evil at all it is your your love for it overall your love of money over family your love of money over uh your neighbors you know you know what i mean the bible says to love our neighbors as ourselves and some people love money above all that is the root of all evil money in itself is not because if it were it would be a contradiction to to jesus saying i came that you might have life and have it more abundantly those two are a contradiction and that is why when people quote that scripture they quote it wrong and when people use that scripture they they for some reason internalize it wrong it is not the money that is evil it is the love of money it is putting money on a pedestal above everything god family friends everything that is the root of all evil do not mistake that it is uh simply desire for more abundant life it is aspiration and because it is the deepest instinct of their natures all men and women are attracted to him who gave them more of the means of life in following the certain way as described in the foregoing pages you are getting continuous increase for yourself and you are giving it to all with whom you deal. You are a creative center from which increase is given off to all. Be sure of this and convey assurance of the fact to every man, woman, and child with whom you come in contact, no matter how small the transaction, even if it be only selling of a stick of candy to a little child, Put into the thought of increase and make sure that the customer is impressed with the thought. Convey the impression of advancement with everything you do so that all people shall receive the impression that you are an advancing man or woman and that you advance all who deal with you, even to the people whom you speak in a social way without any thought of business and to whom you do not try to sell anything Give the thought of increase. Sorry for the pauses. It's like a run-on sentence, and I'm trying to add commas as I read. It's just really quite crazy how they uploaded this on Kindle. <laughs> um, but I get the gist of what he's saying. He's basically saying to offer some kind of um, mantra or like some kind of blessing when you are in business. And I agree with this. Like I am more prone to. Um, deal with people who when I get packages from from them online and they have a little note in there of thanks and 
you know, you know, uh, this company, uh, I really shouldn't, I'm not going to say the name because they don't pay me, but it is a, a black owned oil company. I love their oil and the packaging is so great. And when they, oh, when you open it, it is a note of thanks to you for recognizing their business and patronizing it. To me, that is awesome because all of these huge businesses that we, um, you know, that we patronize daily, they don't give us things like that, but they are billion dollar businesses. And here these little businesses are online trying to make, make it in this world and that's oversaturated. And they took the time to say, thank you for patronizing my business. This is why I have so many, you know, bottles of their oils, because every time I order, they do not neglect telling me thank you and 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 not only that but if I want one product I bought one box of products I bought uh the last one it was about maybe a month or two ago and the I had a lotion in there that had it was a pump lotion and the pump part wasn't on there and they gave me I ordered a vitamin c oil and they gave me a different kind of oil and I sent them an email and I sent them pictures to know. Same day, they apologized, thanked me for my patronage, patronage, and sent me out new products right then that I got within three days. Customer service on point, gratitude on point. I am a customer. I am always a customer. Just simply because how because of how you handle people. And you're sending me the impression to remind me that you are grateful for my money. I appreciate it. And not only that, but they um, have a TikTok page where they go live and they show you how they are making their products. And as they show and people are saying, hey, I, I miss this product or I have this. And they're like, well, we have this on the site. They literally stop and go and check the site. And they say, well, we have this on the site. And da, 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 da. And then sometimes they'll say, hey, go. We only have a few uh, left. First come, first serve. You know, here's a coupon code. Stuff like that. I love stuff like that. So this is awesome to me. And this is why one of my taglines when I'm done you know, with any, uh, any, any, any program or any episode that I record, I always remind you guys to be grateful. And my entire purpose of not only this podcast, but my Facebook group and all of my social medias, the children's book that, that is a long story because it was, it was, (laughs) no, I'm not going to go into that. But all of the things that I'm creating this year is all to not only teach people about gratitude, but remind them that gratitude should be as comfortable for you as taking breath. Because when you want to stay in prayer and and thankfulness to the creator, to God, to whomever, you know, you worship, I'm just going to say, God, you don't be offended. I'm a Christian. So whenever you want to stay in close contact with God, you know, the Bible says, draw nigh unto him, draw nigh to him, and he will draw nigh unto you. So when you do that, gratitude is a perfect way because it is a prayer. And that is why I have become and I have embodied. And I tell you guys on my social media, if you go to 
my TikTok, I mean, not TikTok, Instagram, one of my, my personal Instagram, it says, I am, I'm so shy. That's my Instagram um, name, my personal one. And it says, um, my alter ego is the gratitude chick. And I speak my truth on Babes Who Manifest podcast. That is my tagline. And it is just simply because it is the truth. I have, I, I don't know where I would be if I didn't say thank you all day. I don't know. It is literally a mood elevator. It is a, 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 it is a day changer. It is a life changer. And that is why I am always in an every situation going to give thanks and I'm going to admonish everyone that I can to make gratitude a daily practice. I didn't mean to go off on that rant. Let's let me get back to reading. <laughs> you can convey this impression by holding the unshakable faith that you yourself are in the way of increase and by letting this faith inspire, feel and permeate every action. And I think that I do that. Do everything that you do in the firm conviction that you are an advancing personality and that you are giving advancement to everybody. And again, I think that I do that. I think that that is one of um, the byproducts of listening to the podcast, of joining, you know, just following me on social media, my groups, all of my social media pages. Once I get all of these books going, all of that is going to be like gratitude is the umbrella that everything that I do will sit under. So I think that you guys will learn that. Feel that you are getting rich and that in so doing, you are making others rich and conferring benefits on all. Do not boast or brag of your success or talk about it unnecessarily. Truth faith is never boastful. I agree. Wherever you find a boastful person, you find one who is secretly doubtful and afraid. And I, the reason why I do agree with this, not only for yourself, but also, you know, so that you don't get a big head and say, you know, I am me and me is she and all that stuff that you hear these kids ugh, saying on social media. But also because when you are telling, oftentimes when you are telling everything that you got, this person who just started off, it might deter them because they're not where you are. And I know, I, I get it, I can hear the, the noise, I can hear you guys saying it, but it's not always just about you, especially someone like me, who is, for lack of a better word, trying to teach people how to add gratitude to their life. So it would behoove me to sit and say, this is what I got, this is what I got, because it's not about material things. I am... The gratitude that I am teaching or and I and I am trying to get you guys to understand it, it is about what is going on inside of you. Will it bring things into your reality? Absolutely. But that is not my goal or not my goal. I, I should say that is not what drives me. What drives me is, is high vibes. When you have been in such a depressive state and your emotions have been insane and you have just gone through so much you just want high freaking vibes that is what you want and every day that I have high vibes all day I am super 
freaking happy. I'm trying to stop cussing. Help me out, y'all. So I, I, um, I just want my vibes to be high. And I have realized in these past few years that gratitude is what keeps my vibes high. So that is my goal. And everything else, everything else will come because it has to come. That is the laws of the universe. But my goal is to keep me high, keep my vibes high, keep me laughing, keep keep me happy. That is my goal. I want happiness, happiness, joy. I want that. I want that down in my soul. You guys know that church, that song that we sing, joy down in your soul. That is what I want. And gratitude is one of the biggest ways for me to get there because there are multiple days in a row, sometimes weeks in a row where I am just flying like a bird because I am, my vibes are so high. Because when I do everything that I say I'm going to do mentally every single day, every single day, my vibes are high. And we live in such a world right now with the wars, the rumors of wars, famine, all of this stuff that's going on, persecution. It's just so much stuff going on that it, it is a depressive state to sit and watch the news, you know, watch things on social media, people shooting up grocery stores, makes you not even want to go outside. So it, there is just no way I cannot do all of these things. You know what I mean? There, you have to. You have to do things to protect yourself. You have to do things to protect your soul and your mind. And these, these gratitude um, episodes and things that I try to teach you guys and, you know, books that I try to read to remind you to, you know, think better and to want more for yourself. This is why. Just simply because we live in a time where it can swallow you whole. There are so, because of this pandemic and everything that has happened with the pandemic, people are more anxious than they ever were, more depressed than they ever were. There, there's people who are coming up bipolar, like kids. It's just, it's insane. And my goal is to give people another way. You have the power of your own mind. Let's use that power to get your vibes high. And that is my entire goal for this. When everything else comes and it comes so much, amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I appreciate everything that comes with it, but that is never my goal. Okay. I'm sorry for the preach. Simply feel the faith and let it work out in every transaction. Let let every act and tone and look express the quiet assurance that you are getting rich. Uh-oh, sorry. That you are already rich. Words will not be necessary to communicate this feeling to others. They will feel the sense of increase when in your presence and will be attracted to you again. You must so impress others that they will feel that in associating with you, they will get increased for themselves. See that you give them a youth value greater than the cash value you are taking from them. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I do work as much as I can to try to give of myself. Because what I do know is whether I am getting paid today or not, I am sowing seeds for a great harvest. 
So because I know how good God is at watering, I am just going to keep sowing this seed, baby. Because my harvest is going to be plentiful. Take an honest pride in doing this and let everybody know it and you will have no lack of customers. People will go where they are given increase and the supreme which desires increase in all and which knows all will move toward you, men and women who have never heard of you. Your business will increase rapidly and you will be surprised at the unexpected benefits which will come to you. You will be able from day to day to make larger combinations, secure greater advantages, and to go into a more congenial vocation if you desire to do so. And I agree with this. I have gotten, um, I don't even know how to, to really market anything, but I have so many views on my podcast. I have thousands of followers on social media. Like it's crazy to me. So this, I agree, give people more than you take from them. I agree with that. But doing thing, um, I'm sorry, but doing the, mm. so now this is what I'm talking about this book. Just, just a little piece. This is the sentence, but doing thing, all this, what does that mean? <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to rephrase this. But doing all this, you must never lose sight of your vision of what you want or your faith and purpose to get what you want. I am sorry for that, but you know, sometimes when you're reading these old books and the way they upload them on Kindle, it's just like, nobody could go through this and just put a comma or erase a a word that shouldn't be there. Come on. Let me hear, okay. Let me hear give you another word of caution in regard to motives. Beware of the insidious temptation to seek for power over other men. Nothing is so pleasant to be unformed or partially developed mind as the exercise of power or dominion over others. The desire to rule for selfish gratification has been the curse of the world. For countless ages, kings and lords have drenched the earth with blood in their battles to extend their dominions. This not to seek more life for all, but to get more power for themselves. And while I don't think that is something that I I can do, like, you know, I understand what he's saying, but even when, I'm going to just kind of dumb it down for me, even when you are the manager of people, um, I've been a people manager for many years, and it is a lot. It's a difference. You know, there are people, there are managers out here that really put themselves up on a pedestal higher than their than the people that report to him to them. I just kind of I don't really I don't want to say dumb it down, but I pull myself off of a pedestal and I make myself equal with those who report to me. And I I, I call them my colleagues, not my employees, because we're all employees of this company. So you are not my employee. I am just the administrator for you. And that is how I look at it. So as my colleagues, I am tasked to uh, train you, to make sure you are up to speed in what you're doing, to make sure that I mentor you. That is what I do. So I am not really the typical manager that you find when you work in corporate America. I've had many of those. And what I realize is that is not who I want to be. So I am more of... Although my my title says manager, I am more of a mentor. 
I, you know, like I said, I refer to people that report to me as my colleagues, not as my employees. And I think just a shift in the way that you think makes the difference in people's lives. Today, the main motive in the business and industrial world is the same. Men marshal their armies of dollars and lay waste the lives and hearts of millions in the same mad scramble for power over others. Commercial kings, like political kings, are inspired by the lust for power. Look out for the temptation to seek for authority, to become a master, to be considered as one who is above the common herd, to impress others by lavish display, and so on. I agree. I agree. The mind that seeks for mastery over others is the competitive mind, and the competitive mind is not the creative one. I have a creative mind, not a competitive one. I don't compete with anyone. In order to master your environment and your destiny, it is not at all necessary that you should rule over your fellow men. And indeed, when you fall into the world's struggle for the high places, you begin to be conquered by fate and environment and your getting rich becomes a matter of chance and speculation. Beware of the competitive mind. No better statement of the principle of creative action can be formulated than the favorite declaration of the late Golden Rule, Golden Rule, Jones of Toledo. What I want from myself, I want for everybody. That was chapter 14. We're gonna I talked a lot in chapter 14, so we're gonna just skedaddle to chapter 15. The advancing man. <clears throat> what I have said in the last chapter applies as well to the professional man and the wage earner as the man who is engaged in mercantile business. No matter whether you're a physician, a teacher, or a clergyman, if you can give increase of life to others and make them sensible of the fact, they will be attracted to you and you will get rich. The physician holds the vision of himself as a great successful healer and who works towards the complete realization of that vision with faith and purpose as desired, mm -mm, as described in former chapters will come into such close touch with the source of life that he will be phenomenally successful. Patients will come to him in throngs. And you can see that today in the medical field. Uh, medicine, the, the medical field is not designed to heal us. It is designed to ease our symptoms. It is a business. And so because they have marketed this, this business as a healing business, we run to them forgetting that healing does not exist outside of ourselves. All they can do is manage your symptoms. They cannot heal you. Healing is an inside job. And once we remember that we are in charge and incapable of an are I'm sorry, we are in charge and capable of healing ourselves. What will happen to the these um these medical doctors, they have a lot of knowledge. I am, I will not discount them. I do go to see what's, what's going on. I do. But I do believe wholeheartedly that I am in charge of my own healing. That includes what I put into my body. That includes how I move my body. Right? All of that. And that includes heavily on how I believe my body is to function. So you have the power right now whatever is ailing you to begin to start healing yourself in your mind. It is about what you believe. Just like in the Bible, there are many 
uh, different stories of Jesus healing people. And I believe that there, there would not be a healing of those people if they didn't believe that he could heal them. Once they heard these stories, people believed. They believed. Just like the lady with the issue of blood. She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment... She knew that she could, she would be healed if she could just touch just the hem of his garment. And that is her belief, knowing that if she could do this, she would be healed. But did the hem of his garment heal her? No. Of course not. It is a belief that she put on this to be healed. Oops, sorry. And so because she put that belief on that, she was healed because it was all about her healing. She just put her belief right here. And that is why Neville Goddard even says, whatever you believe to be true is true for you in your reality. So the belief wasn't about the hem of the garment. It, it was just something that she saw right here. But the belief was the healing part. She just had to have something to say, if I touch it, I'm healed. It could have been a rock. It could have been somebody's hand. But she felt that it was the hem of his garment. So it was It was not necessary. And I'm, I'm not taking away anything from Jesus because obviously, okay? But I'm saying if you don't have that belief, then there's nothing you can do. She could have touched his garment all day long. If she didn't believe that she could be healed, she wouldn't have been healed. So it's about how you believe. And Jesus says that himself. If you can believe everything you, you you can have in life, if you can just believe. He said that himself. So it wasn't necessarily anything that was magic about his garment. It was just simply she had to believe. So, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I keep stopping. (laughs) No one has a greater opportunity to carry into effect the teaching of this book than the practitioner of medicine. It does not matter to which of the various schools he may belong, for the principle of healing is common to all of them and may be reached by all alike. The advancing man in medicine who holds to a clear mental image of himself and as successful and who obeys the laws of faith Purpose and gratitude will cure every curable case he undertakes, no matter what remedies he may use. Uh, again, mm. I again, I don't believe uh, healing is outside of ourselves. So, uh, again, guys, these are just my opinions. But be it unto me as I believe. I believe my body is self-healing. So, in the field of religion, the world cries out for the clergyman who can teach his hearers the true science of abundant life. He who masters the details of the science of getting rich together with the allied sciences of being well, of being great, and of winning love, and who teaches these details from the pulpit will never lack for a congregation. And who does this sound like to you? Um, what is his his name? I hate when that... Joel Osteen. So many people hate Joel Osteen because they say he preaches the... Uh, what they call it? A prosperity message. Why why do you hate the man that because he preaches prosperity? Do you want him to preach about tragedy? Or do you want abundance and prosperity? Which one do you want? And they try to say, oh, he doesn't preach about Jesus. 
those people who say that have never listened to Joe. Let me, excuse me, Pastor Joe. I don't want to be disrespectful. They've never listened to this man. I used to listen to him all the time. And the only reason why I don't is because I don't have cable and I don't know how to find him anymore. But the fact that people say that about him are people who have never listened to him and are people who would rather go to church and cry and <laughs> than to go to church and say, oh, wow, Jesus did come that I might have life and have it more abundantly. And don't get me wrong. I like to feel convicted of my sins, but that doesn't mean that I, every time I go to church, I have to be dragged down into the depths of hell because at that point it is a hindrance. And why am I going to church for that? We should, we're supposed to be going into the sanctuary to praise and part of praise is being grateful. So if I am in this, in this happiness and grateful and praising spirit, why should I be brought down? Why? So for me, I am, me and Joel and Pastor Joel are good. I like his message. I like his message. And at the end of the day, people that don't like his message really are people who don't believe. That's just how I feel. They negate the fact that Jesus said he came to give you abundance. Prosperity is a part of that. So him, them, them labeling, labeling him a prosperity preacher, I don't think that is, you know, negative, but they, they mean it negatively. Anyway, I am really talking a lot today. And we still have 20 more minutes, so please bear with me. This is the gospel that the world needs. It will give increase of life. And men will hear it gladly and will give liberal support to the man who brings it to them. What is now needed is a demonstration of the science of life from the pulpit. We want preachers who can not only tell us how, but who in their own persons will show us how. We need the preacher who will himself be rich, healthy, great, and beloved to teach us how to attain these things. And when he comes, he will find a numerous and loyal following. And you know what? These preachers who have this in this day and age are lambasted. People talk trash about them. They really say terrible things about these preachers. But if you really got down to the nitty gritty, how many of us would support and go every week to a church where the pastor has no car, he has to take the bus, he lives in a shelter, he has no home, no nothing. You are not living what you're preaching, sir. And then why am I following a God who will want to see me destitute? So they're talking out of three sides of their mouths just simply because they are poor, they are destitute, and they don't understand God. The Bible tells us that he has given us the power to get wealth. That's what Deuteronomy says. The Bible also says in Psalms that he has a, what it, what it says, does it say? He has, he says, for every beast of the field is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. If I was hungry, I would not tell you for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. He is letting you know in that scripture that he is the richest of them all. So if God is the riches of them all, why would he want you to be destitute? And if God is the riches of them all, why would we, why would he want his preacher, his person that he selected to wrangle his people to be destitute? He knows man and man would not follow a destitute preacher.
And you're saying, oh, well, Jesus walked everywhere he had to go. Jesus chose to walk everywhere he wanted to go. When Jesus, when it was time to pay taxes to the man, what did Jesus do? Did Jesus have a job that paid him? No, but he told one of his disciples, go look into the sea and there will be a fish with enough taxes to pay mine and yours. That is what he told him because Jesus didn't have to worry about money. Jesus could have all the money he wanted. Why? Because God is his father. He already knew that. So while y'all, y'all try to paint Jesus as this destitute man, Jesus wasn't destitute a day in his life. If you can get a, a piece of coin out of a fish's mouth to pay your taxes, you are not destitute. Sorry. Sorry. I've done it again. I apologize. Let me get back to re- It's just, you know, I hate when people start saying these things. I'm sorry. Because I really, my face is red. And I really should not have gone off like that. I apologize if anyone was offended. But you are never, ever going to make me believe that Jesus was destitute because he walked everywhere he went. It's not like he could get a Tesla, guys. Come on. Okay. The same is true of the teacher who can inspire the children with the faith and purpose of the advancing life. He will never be out of a job. And any teacher who has this faith and purpose can give it to his pupils. He cannot help giving it to them if it is a part of his own life and practice. What is true of the teacher, preacher, and physician is true of the lawyer, dentist, and real estate man, insurance agent of everybody. The combined mental and personal action I have described is infallible. It cannot fail. Every man and woman who follows these instructions steadily, perseveringly, and to the letter will get rich. The law of the increase of life is as mathematically certain in its operation as the law of gravitation. Getting rich is an exact science. The wage earner will find this as true of his case as of any of the others. Mention, do not feel that you have no chance to get rich because you are working where there is no visible opportunity for advancement, where wages are small and the cost of living high. Form your clear mental vision of what you want and begin to act with faith and purpose. Do all the work you can do every day and do each piece of work in a perfectly successful manner. Put the power of success and the purpose to get rich into everything that you do. But do not do this merely with the idea of currying favor with your employer in the hope that you or those above you will see your good work and advance you. It is not likely that they will do so. Wow. The man who is merely a good workman filling his place to the very best of his ability and satisfied with that is valuable to his employer and it is not to the employer's interest to promote him. He is worth more where he is. And that I had to learn uh, very hard in my in my last employer. If you work hard at the position that you're in, you are unlikely to find advancement. At least that has been my my own um, my own situation, and it was a lot. I did a lot. I did a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have done. I did a lot of my own manager's work, and the only person in the scenario that that kept advancing was my manager, and it was never me. He went from being um, my manager to the VP of the department 
to the director, to the head of the America. And it was all based on the work that I did because I was doing his work. And I didn't have any concept of where to draw the line between my work and his work because I did his work so much. And I didn't even know really what my work was because I did his work. And had I had a a clear and concise view of what my work was, it was very, um, the way I was even promoted to that permission, that position was because he didn't want to go out and look for and, and interview anybody. He just assumed, well, okay, well, you know, she's already the supervisor. I might as well just give her that position. Not because I earned it or because um, he felt that I could do it, but because I was there already being the supervisor. So he promoted me to the position. I actually did the position well. So he, little by little, he just added stuff to my plate that became, that was his job. And as the more stuff he added to my plate the more he was absent. We rarely saw him. He would be golfing. He would be, you know, taking his son to baseball practices. Like, he was never there. And and it was just simply because everything he was supposed to do, he'd already put on me. And I didn't even realize it because he did it so sly. Like, he would do it here and there and here and there. And to now, everything that he did, I now did. And because I did it so well, and he passed it off as his work, he was the one who advanced. I never did. I stayed being the person who just did his work. So trust me when I say you have to to have a good employer, a good person that you report to, and then you have to do your work to the best of your ability, but do not give more than what is required. Because... There are people who will take advantage of that. I can speak from experience. To secure advancement, something more is necessary than to be too large for your place. The man who is certain to advance is the one who is too big for his place and who has a clear concept of what he wants to be, who knows what he can become, what he wants to be, and who is determined to be what he wants to be. So that is the part that I was missing. You know, I was too big for my placement as a manager. And what I actually should have been doing is I should have been a director. And even when I interview um, now, when I interview with companies, they are very like blown away that I did all of this. And a lot of times, you know, you can just pad your resume and then they'll ask you questions. And because I can actually speak to these things, it's just like it blows people away that I did all of this as a manager, because in reality, my my um I really should have been a director but I couldn't be a director because he was a director and because he was a director his his job was based off of me so as a result he never he couldn't get rid of me and he didn't want me going anywhere so when it came about when the only reason why I was laid off from that company is because the month before he left and then the writing was on the wall for me because him, his boss didn't like me because I knew the same amount of, you know, I knew everything that they knew because of him and my, his boss, they were like best, best friends. So he realized too late that I was doing his friend's work. So I knew everything. 
And as a result, I I am not a yes person. I can't describe it because I did all my boss's work, but it was too late. I had I, I didn't realize I was doing it until I realized I was doing it. But with his boss, I was very vocal. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not rude or anything like that. But I am a pushback person because I'm I am at my core a people manager. So I'm not gonna let you run over my people. I'm not going to allow you to do to them what was done to me. So I am a person who very much has my people. You know, I have their backs. So anything that he was trying to do, you know, to my people, I pushed back. And so his boss did not like me. So once my manager left, he was just like, it's time for her to go. And because we were in the middle of a really big merger, I was, he was able to take me out that way. Otherwise he wouldn't, he had no grounds to dismiss me. So, and you know, I'm okay with that just simply because I didn't like him either. And I didn't want to report to him because my boss was gone. And even though my, I was doing all his, his work, I didn't like his manager. So as a result, I was laid off, but I got a really good, um, package to go. And I'm, that was three years ago. So I'm okay with that. But my entire point is if I had had a clear concept of what I wanted and what I wanted to be at this during this time, I would not have given all, given my all to that job. And I gave my all way more than a hundred percent. And that was a huge lesson learned. And I don't regret it because I needed that lesson, but it was a huge lesson learned and one that I, I won't ever have to learn again because I know going forward, I won't ever give myself the way that I did at that job. Okay. Do not try to more than fill your present place with a view to pleasing your employer. Okay. Do it with the idea of advancing yourself. Hold the faith and purpose of increase during work hours after work hours and before work hours, hold it in such a way that every person who comes in contact with you, whether foreman, fellow workmen, or social acquaintance, will feel the power of purpose radiating from you so that everyone will get the sense of advancement and, and increase from you. Men will be attracted to you, and if there is no possibility for advancement in your present job, you will very soon see an opportunity to take another job. And I will also say, if you, when you are on salary, don't allow your company to exploit that because that also was done to me. And it was like, because I don't punch a clock, they are able to call me on off hours. They're able to email me and expect an email right away. Like, even though I left my job and I was at home, I will be answering emails until I fell asleep. So don't allow yourself to become that kind of victim I never will again and I I have never done that again since that day I will since I worked at that company and just as a reminder I still have 17 minutes to read and we're 45 minutes in this episode is going to be over an hour it will be my first over an hour episode I hope you guys listen all the way through though there is power which never fails to present opportunity to the advancing man who is moving in obedience to law God cannot help helping you if you act in a certain way. He must do so in order to help himself. There is nothing in your circumstances or in the industrial situation that can keep you down. If you cannot get rich working for the steel trust, you can get rich on a 10-acre farm 
And if you begin to move in a certain way, you will certainly escape from the clutches of the steel trust and get on the farm or wherever else you wish to be. Of course, this was written in the 1800s. So they, they didn't have much, you know, industry. Now there's plenty of things that you can do. Even from in the last 20 years with the advancement of social media, there's so people have gotten rich on social media. So there's so much that you can do now. Put your mind to it and do it. That's it. If a few thousands of its employees will enter upon the certain way, the steel trust will soon be in a bad plight. It would have to give its working men more opportunity or go out of business. Nobody has to work for a trust. The trust can keep men in so-called hopeless conditions only so long as there are men who are too ignorant to know of the science of getting rich or too intellectually slothful to practice it. And I, I, I know, I'm sorry for, for keep stopping, but I will say if you guys, you know, look around and what's going on in corporate America right now, there are millions of people that are leaving their jobs because during quarantine, these companies found a way for these people to work from home. And now they are forcing these people back into the work, into the workforce. Well, when you're working from home, you are saving so much money. Not only are you forcing them back during where there's a gas price hike, but you're forcing people back where there's shortage of foods. So now they have to start, you know, spending money going out to eat and spending money on gas. Because when you're when you're at work, you go out to eat with your, your coworkers, right? So all the money that they were saving working from home, they're now having to spend again. And people don't want to be in traffic. Me, I live in the Atlanta metro area. I don't want to spend an hour driving from where I live to Midtown Atlanta. That's just not my thing. So my it behooves me to work for a company, <clears throat> excuse me, a company that will allow me to work from home, period. That is just my job. My job is remote. That is the kind of company that I am working for. So for these people who are now going back to work, they're quitting because they're all looking for remote work. And now there are companies realizing that there are lots of people on the market looking for remote work. So these companies are coming out and saying, hey, we're remote forever. And guess what? Companies like, you know, big businesses, big banks and things, they're losing people left and right. So it's it's going to behoove these people, these big banks to offer them, offer their people incentive to stay. Such opportunities, oh, sorry, begin this way of thinking and acting and your faith and purpose will make you quick to see any opportunity to better your condition. Such such opportunities will speedily come for the supreme working in all and working for you. will bring them before you. Do not wait for an opportunity to be all that you want to be when an opportunity to be more than you are now is presented and you feel impelled toward it. Take it. It will be the first step toward a greater opportunity. There is no such thing possible in this universe as a lack of opportunities for the man who is living the advancing life. It is inherent in the constitution of the cosmos that all things should be for him and work together for his good. And he must certainly get rich if he acts and thinks in a certain way. So let wage-earning men and women study this book with great care and enter with confidence upon the course of action it describes. It will not fail. 
I know we're 50 minutes in, but I'm going to keep going. This is the last chapter. Chapter 16, Cautions and Concluding Observations. Many people will scoff at the idea that there is an exact science of getting rich. Holding the impression that the supply of wealth is limited, they will insist that social and governmental institutions must be changed before any considerable number of people can can acquire a competence. But this is not true. It is true that existing governments keep the masses in poverty, but this is because the masses do not think and act in the certain way. If the masses begin to move forward as suggested in this book, neither governments nor industrial systems can check them. All systems must be modified to accommodate the forward movement. If the people have the advancing mind, have the faith that they can become rich and move forward with the fixed purpose to become rich, nothing can possibly keep them in poverty. Individuals may enter upon the certain way at any time and under any government and make themselves rich. And when any considerable number of individuals do so under any government, they will cause the system to be so modified as to open the way for others. The more men who get rich on the competitive plane, the better for others. The economic salvation of the masses can only be accomplished by getting a large number of people to practice the scientific methods set down in this book and become rich. These will show others the way and inspire them with a desire for real life, with the faith that it can be attained and with the purpose to attain it. For the present, however, it is enough to know that neither the government under which you live nor the capitalistic or competitive system of industry can keep you from getting rich. When you enter upon the creative plane of thought, you will rise above all these things and become a citizen of another kingdom. But remember that your your thought must be held upon the creative plane. You are never for an instant to be betrayed into regarding the supply as limited or into acting on the moral level of competition. Whenever you do fall into old ways of thought, correct yourself instantly, for when you are in the competitive mind, you have lost the cooperation of the mind of the whole. And that is what Neville Goddard says. He always says, never complete a negative thought. And one of the ways that I always tell you to combat negative thoughts is what? Affirmations or affirming statements. And you guys know, I think they're different. Do not spend any time in planning as to how you will meet possible emergencies in the future, except as the necessary policies may affect your actions today. You are concerned with doing today's work in a perfectly successful manner and not with emergencies which may arise tomorrow. You can attend to them as they come. Do not concern yourself with questions as to how you shall surmount obstacles which may loom upon your business horizon unless you can see plainly that your course must be altered today in order to avoid them no matter how tremendous an obstruction may appear at a distance you will find that if you go on in the certain way, it will disappear as you approach it or that a way over, through, or around it will appear. No possible combination of circumstances can defeat a man or woman who is proceeding to get rich along strictly scientific lines. No man or woman who obeys the law can fail to get rich any more than one can multiply two by two and fail to get four. Give no anxious thought to possible disasters, obstacles, panics, or unfavorable combinations of circumstances. It is time enough to meet such things when they present themselves before you in the immediate present 
and you will find that every difficulty carries with it the wherewithal for its overcoming. Guard your speech. Never speak of yourself, your affairs, or of anything else in a discouraged or discouraging way. Never admit the possibility of failure or speak in a way that infers failure as a possibility. Never speak of the times as being hard or of a business condition as being doubtful. Times may be hard and business doubtful for those who are on the competitive plane, but they can never be so for you. You can create what you want and you are above fear. When others are having hard times and poor business, you will find your greatest opportunities. Train yourself to think of and to look upon the world as a something which is becoming, which is growing, and to regard seeming evil as being only that which is underdeveloped. Always speak in terms of advancement. To do otherwise is to deny your faith, and to deny your faith is to lose it. Never allow yourself to feel disappointed. You may expect to have a certain thing at a certain time and not get it at that time, and this will appear to you like failure. But if you hold to your faith and you will find that the failure is only apparent, go on in the certain way, and if you do not receive that thing, you will receive something so much better that you will see that the semi failure was really a great success. And this is true. There are times when you are in a situation where you really, really need a job. And because you are really, really needing a job, you see a job and it seems perfect for you. And you really, you have great interviews and you're just like, this is my job. But it turns out that that's not your job. And But then you find another job and another job and another job. And you go on all these interviews and it seems like it's such a failure because you've been on so many interviews and so many interviews. And then one job pops up and it is greater than you could have even imagined for yourself. Way more money, benefits great, opportunity, fantastic. And now this is your job, right? And you look back at that job that you would have accepted, realizing that there really isn't a failure, but you've gotten way more that you could have even asked for or that you even thought for yourself. So hold on and don't, do not lose heart if you are looking too hard at your reality instead of continuing to believe that you are going to get what you want. It is all about how you believe. A student of this science has set his mind on making a certain business combination which seemed to him at the, at the time to be very desirable. And he worked for some weeks to bring it about. When the crucial time came, the thing fell in a, a perfectly inexplicable way. It was as if some unseen influence had been working secretly against him. He was not disappointed on the contrary. He thanked God that his desire had been overruled and went steadily on with a grateful mind. In a few weeks, an opportunity so much better came his way that he would not have made the first deal on any account, and he saw that a mind which knew more than he knew had prevented him from losing the greater good by entangling himself with the lesser. And can you imagine if you settle for a job that paid you 80K a year, and you think that's, that's okay, that's decent, and then here's this job that came along, that because you didn't get the 80K and 
you just were like, oh, I could have, you know, I don't have any income. I really needed that 80K. But you're that's because you're looking at it out of need. But then this job came along because you kept the faith. And their base offer to you was $130,000. That, you would have lost $50,000 had you settled for that $80,000 job. Keep the faith, guys. That is the way every seeming failure will work out for you. If you keep your faith, hold to your purpose, have great, have gratitude and do every day all that can be done that day, doing each separate act in a successful manner. When you make a failure, it is because you have not asked for enough. Y'all hear that? When there is failure, he is saying it's because you have not asked for enough. I've never heard that. I've never seen that presented before. And it, it, I guess it makes sense. It kind of makes sense. Because if, if, two sa- if the same jobs are here in this universe, one is paying 80K and a- another is paying 130K, I have not asked for enough if I settle for this 80K, right? Okay. It, and, and the 80K job comes with medical benefits of course and the medical benefits are the comp you know 80 20 you're paying 20 percent but this company offered you 130k they pay at 100 percent medical they give you fifty thousand dollars in equity and a 10 percent bonus every year which one would you go if they're presented at the same time you're going to go with this one that's making that you're making 130,000 right so this the the entire point I'm trying to make is don't don't accept something out of need. You you understand what I'm saying? Stop looking at your reality. Write down what it is you want, be clear and concise. And if this is the salary that you want, go for the salary that you want. Don't accept out of need just because in your reality shit is falling down you know what I mean you we've all been there where shit is falling down don't just accept something lesser than who you are because the sky is falling that's all I'm saying okay remember this you will not fail because you lack the necessary talent to do what you wish to do if you go on as I have directed you would develop all the talent that is necessary to the doing of your work. It is not within the scope of this book to deal with the science of cultivating talent, but it is as certain and simple as the process of getting rich. However, do not hesitate or waver for fear that when you be, you come to any certain place, you will fail for lack of ability. Keep right on, and when you come to that place, the ability will be furnished to you. That same source of ability which enabled the untaught Lincoln to do the greatest work in government ever accomplished by a single man is open to you. You may draw upon all the mind there is for wisdom to use in meeting the responsibilities which are laid upon you. Go on in full faith, study this book, make it your constant companion until you, until you have mastered all the ideas contained in it. While you are getting firmly established in this faith, you will do well to give up most recreations and pleasures and to stay away from places 
where ideas conflicting with these are advanced in lectures or sermons. Do not read pessimistic or conflicting literature or get into arguments upon the matter. Do very little reading outside of the writers mentioned in the preface. Spend most of your leisure time in contemplating your vision and in cultivating gratitude and reading this book. It contains all you need to know the science of getting rich and you will find all the essentials summed up in the following chapter. Okay, so we are over an hour, but there's only a couple minutes left in the book. And I think the summary will do well for me to just kind of wrap up the entire book. So I'm going to keep going. I hope you guys are still listening. (laughs) I've never had an episode this long. Okay, so summary. There is a thinking stuff from which all things are made and which in its original state permeates, penetrates, and fills the interspaces of the universe. A thought in this substance produces the thing that is imaged by the thought. Man can form things in his thought and by impressions his thought upon formless substance can cause the thing he thinks about to be created. In order to do this, man must pass from the competitive to the creative mind. Otherwise, he cannot be in harmony with the formless intelligence, which is always creative and never competitive in spirit. Man may come into full harmony with the formless substance by entertaining a lively and sincere gratitude for the blessing it bestows upon him. Gratitude unifies the mind of of man with the intelligence of substance so that man's thoughts are received by the formless. Man can remain upon the creative plane only by uniting himself with the formless intelligence through a deep and continuous feeling of gratitude. Man must form a clear and definite mental uh, image of the things he wishes to have, to do, or to become, and he must hold this mental image in his thoughts while being deeply grateful to the Supreme that all his desires are granted to him. The man who wishes to get rich must spend his leisure hours in contemplating his vision and in earnest thanksgiving that the reality is being given to him. Too much stress cannot be laid on the importance of frequent contemplation of the mental image coupled with unwavering faith and devout gratitude. This is the process by which the impression is given to the formless and the creative forces set in motion. The creative energy works through the established channels of natural growth and of the industrial and social order. All that is included in this mental image will surely be brought to the man who follows the instructions given above and whose faith does not waver. What he wants will come to him through the ways of established trade and commerce. In order to receive his own when it shall come to him, man must be active and this activity can only consist and more than filling his present place. He must keep in mind the purpose to get rich through the realization of his mental image. And he must do every day all that can be done that day, taking care to do each act in a successful manner. He must give to every man a value, a use value in excess of the cash value he receives so that each transaction makes for more life And he must hold the advancing thought that the impression of increase will be communicated to all with whom he comes in contact. The men and women who practice the foregoing instructions will certainly get rich. And the riches they receive will be in exact proportion to the definiteness of their vision, the fixity of their purpose, the steadiness of their faith, and the depth of their gratitude. The end. 
Okay, so um, he said a lot. Um, so I am going to try to sum it up. It, I hope you got to this part because um, I'm going to try to sum it up in my own words. So basically he's saying to us, the thinking substance from which all things are made and which in its original state permeates, penetrates, and fills the interspaces of the universe. So my thoughts on what he's saying is our subconscious mind. So he is basically saying a thought that we hold constantly in our mind permeates our subconscious mind. That is what he is saying. Um, as far as the formless stuff and the substance and the thought stuff, he is talking about your subconscious mind. So in order for you to impress something on your subconscious mind, you have to have an image. A thought in this substance produces the thing that is imaged by the thought. So in order for you to get the car that you want or the job that you want, you have to do the first step, which is being clear and concise. Bring up the mental image of the thing that you want and impress upon your mind often that this is what you want. Be clear and concise. And when you press it upon your mind as often as possible, you the mind sends the command to your subconscious mind that this is what you want. Let's make it happen. That is what I am getting from that part. The second part is talking about um, not being on a competitive plane, being on the creative plane. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with, and, and this is just my opinion, a lot of that has to do with um, people being jealous of one another, wanting what someone else have, <clears throat> so, excuse me, wanting what someone else has, uh, covetousness and that kind of thing. So, you know, wanting to attain number one before you're the person, this person attains number one. So he's basically saying, create what you want for you um, and believe that you can have it. Just, you know, create it for yourself and don't worry about your, you know, your neighbor and what your neighbor is creating. That's, that is what I'm getting from this. So that is step number two. Now, step number three is gratitude. You guys know, you guys know, okay, gratitude. And not only is um, step number three gratitude, but it is what he's telling you that is um, really the biggest way to get what you want is to be grateful for everything. Be grateful in your mind. Be grateful in your body. Be grateful for the things that you have. Be grateful for what you are creating in your mind, that image that you're holding. Be grateful for that. Be grateful in all things. Be grateful. No matter what is going on in your life, figure out a way to be grateful. Every day that you wake up, be grateful. Before you go to bed, be grateful. At lunch, be grateful. When you get in your car ready to drive, be grateful. And that's why I have targeted steps in the 21 days of thankfulness for you to add gratitude to your life. Your life should be gratitude. Be grateful, be grateful, be grateful. That is what he's saying in in, in uh, step three. Be grateful. Step four is to, it says, the man who wishes to get rich must spend in his leisure hours and contemplating his vision and in earnest thanksgiving that the reality is being given to him. So take your vision and your gratitude and mesh them together. Be sit and take time to meditate on what you want and being grateful. 
just sit back, turn off everything, you know, take yourself away from whatever's going on in your life. Start with your breathing and just sit there and go through everything that you're grateful for, which is why I always tell you guys to do a gratitude rampage. Go through everything that you're grateful for and then turn that of which you're going, you know, going through everything that you have right now to be grateful for. Start being grateful for the thing that you're you're imagining in your mind. Be grateful for the your, the mind that you have to be able to pull that mental picture. And do this often. Do it often. He specifically says, Too much stress cannot be laid on the importance of frequent contemplation of the mental image coupled with unwavering faith and devout gratitude. So no matter how often you can... Uh, do it. it. There's no, you know, set number of times. Do a gratitude rampage and w- during your meditation and hold the mental picture of what it is that you want and just keep allowing gratitude to flow from your body. Then the next thing is to have inspired action. When you have inspired action, do every activity that you have, that you are inspired to do, give it your all, give it your best foot forward and be grateful, be grateful. And that is pretty much the the steps that I took from this summary of doing things in a certain way. So I hope you made it to it. We are at an hour and 11 minutes, guys. Oh my gosh. So I am going to go ahead and end this now. If you made it to the end, you got the summary, which dumbs down all of the words that he used. So I hope you made it to the end. Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you, your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest.